Paper Dolls by Kylie Minogue, produced by today's returning guest, Steve Anderson. This is The Original Doll, and I'm your host, James Rodriguez. On The Original Doll, I unpackage music with the people who create it. We talk about these icons and their iconography, and we give back to charity. For more information, visit www.theoriginaldoll.com. And I would give a big shout out to my Patreon patrons. Thank you so much for your support. Everyone else, if you'd like to support the show, make sure that you rate and review the podcast on whatever your preferred streaming platform is. But also, you can go to www.theoriginaldoll.com. Join me on Patreon. And as with every episode of The Original Doll, any audio recording, ripping, stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. My name is James Rodriguez, and this is The Original Doll. The Original Doll. Now, before we get to my discussion with Steve Anderson about his work with Kylie Minogue and Britney Spears, here's a little bit of information for those who might not be that familiar with Kylie Minogue's Light Years album. If you listen to my deep dive with Steve Anderson about Impossible Princess, you know that when the album first was released, it did not do as well as everyone thought. So there was a lot on the line, once again, label changing and more. But there was a lot on the line for Kylie Minogue to put herself back on the global scale. And did she do that? This album would ultimately go number one in Australia on the album charts. It would ultimately, in Australia, be four times platinum. In South Africa, two times platinum. In the United Kingdom, it would also be platinum. I wanted to give that information to show that the album before that, Impossible Princess, did not chart and do as well as they thought. But here it is. This is, once again, Kylie Minogue coming in and disrupting the music scene, which she's going to do again. And for those who don't know, when we talked about the Fever album with Rob Davis, where we talked about Can't Get You Out of My Head and the other songs he worked on, we see that Kylie Minogue really is a wrecking ball. So we're going to get right to this, but I wanted to give you some of that information so that you know where Kylie Minogue stood in her career. And don't forget, the second track, if you will, on this is going to be my discussion with Steve Anderson about Britney Spears' song Grow, which was made and recorded, produced during the blackout era. On with the show. Aiko from Japan, she said that Light Years is one of the best albums from start to finish. Great job, Steve. I just wanted to know, Paper Dolls, at what point was that created? And I got another comment saying Butterfly is their favorite song on the entire album. Wow. Paper Dolls, questions about that. Like, 
and the, the the album from beginning to finish like what was the first track that you remember making for it and what was the the last one that you remember making for it for light years light years well light years wasn't light years light years was um was a uh, the first thing that we got back together and and i was at real world um and i had it sounds very you know it sounds amazing so i was at real peter gabriel studio the truth of it was i'd rented um a tiny room which was just off of the maintenance room um that just had a very small desk and i just took all my my keyboards and stuff down and i just relocated there because i i loved it there you could stay in in the cottages there there was a kitchen you never knew who you bump into it was such a creative space you know you could be there with, anybody could walk through peter was always around which was so fantastic um and i think i remembered that i'd had a conversation with her and, and she, she said what are you up to i'm a real I'm like, oh do you want to i'll come down maybe and see what happens so i think paper dolls was one of the very first things we wrote and it was not in any way thinking about this was going to be her new direction i mean let's be honest it's a really lovely i mean i love that song but i mean it, it couldn't be further away from spinning around, around if it tried um but at the same point weirdly to answer the question um paper dolls and uh, butterfly and probably so now goodbye were all written the same week so oh, wow yeah so we were just trying out lots of different styles and i kind of knew that we needed to do some disco uh and butterfly i saw recently i don't know how these things get out there but i saw the original demo of butterfly got onto youtube um and it's just a i mean obviously it ended up being mark picciotti did a great job on it and turned it into something a bit more measured but our demo was just a banging piano house record and um with her just doing all the bvs and you know it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger so um yeah all of that stuff was written before light years even existed i think i seem to remember what i may have heard the demo of spinning around when we were down there and that was the first time that we what we knew that that would possibly be where the record was going but we were just there we were just two mates just writing and doing stuff oh i love it but, so it's funny this this album gets like i get a lot of questions because there were there's talk about like you know, spinning around was Paula Abdul first, all these things where it's like mm. people started going, this is so weird. Songs go to different artists. Like some of the listeners just didn't didn't know that. They always thought you wrote one thing for one project, one person. And I like in your situation, you're just like, there's no project in mind. Let's just let's just have fun. Let's get in the studio. Let's just let's just see what works. Yeah. Because the other thing too is I think sometimes I I did um an interview with uh Josh Schwartz and he talked about working with Britney because he worked with Britney on the um her Christmas song the the Britney album and in, in the zone and yeah. he said she wanted to do an erasure sounding song and so they created the song and in the middle of recording it she's like I'm just not feeling it and he's like cool we'll go on to the next one he's like yeah that happens sometimes where you're like in theory you might think it worked and you just go that's eh, no nah, I'm good you know you try it out and you go yeah this isn't what I'm feeling right now all the time all the time and i think it's um and because the thing is you an idea might be a great idea but when you actually start putting it into practice it doesn't work and the thing is the only if it really really sucks the only people who ever know are the people who are in that room 
because it's never going to come out. No one's ever going to hear it. You just like think, oh, it was a great idea. Let's try something else. And we always try other things. So my whole process with writing in general, I've never been very good at writing to briefs. So, and, and again, with that particular project, there was no brief because there was no record at that point. It was before the Parlophone deal was done. So we were just having fun. And it, and if any of the songs ended up, some of the songs ended up getting used and, and, and I'm really, really pleased. And, you know, some great, you know, Johnny Douglas did an incredible version on So Now Goodbye. Hopping out for a quick second to let you know that if you have not heard the interviews with Johnny Douglas about his work with Kylie Minogue, you can hop on after this and check those out. We actually did basically a deep dive of his work with Kylie Minogue on Body Language and in upcoming episodes about his work on Light Years and more. He also was kind enough to spend some time talking about his collaborations with All Saints and George Michael. But now back to the show. I was, we didn't know what what was going to get used, wasn't going to get used. We didn't know it. We just thought, let's write some songs to see what happens. See, and that's the part that I love because you're also allowing that collaboration to be organic, where it mm. isn't like those briefs. And and a lot of guests have talked about like the who's who or who's looking. You know, Kylie is looking <laughs> for this album and she's looking for this, but not that. And uh, Alex Gregg's a music producer who worked with NSYNC, uh, Britney and, uh, and several other people. He actually worked with Lisa Green on a, a Britney song during that that blackout oh, era. Yeah. And he just said, he goes, you know, oftentimes the labels, would, sometimes they would say, we're going this way, make a song like this. And he goes, I would just go the opposite way. And they'd be like, yeah, that's what we were looking for. He's I would like, agree. I would agree. And also nine times out of 10, a label, well, there's two things. One, a label will say, we want this because it's the thing that is currently big, mm -hmm. which is the last thing you want because your record's not going to come out for another year. Then it's going to sound really old. Um, and the, and then the second thing is that when they say, you know, Britney is looking for, you know, if you talk to Britney, she'll go, no, I'm not. That's no. Like what you're looking for, what, what mostly what labels are looking for is the thing that they don't know they're looking for. And they'll know it when they hear it and go, yeah, that's what we meant. Mm -hmm. So well, I completely agree with him. Well, that that's what we, that's what's funny about all this is because in so many in interviews that are yet to be released, some of these songwriters and producers would be like, so Brittany in the studio with her, like, so you really want to go this route? She's like, what? I don't even know that song. But it's mm -hmm. it's the idea of somebody who thinks that that. And the other time, too, is I think sometimes we as people have a lot of times explaining what we really need. And sometimes it's just a, a disconnect or some misunderstanding. But when she's like, no, I don't know who artist X, Y, and Z is, or that song, mm. I wanted to go for A, B, and C. And then they're like, we got you. And then those are the songs that are, that are cut. You're, you're with Kylie during these transitions from, from, you know, one label to deconstruct to pilot. like, did, Anything for you change working with different, whether it's distributions, labels, did anything change for you and how things had to be? You know, because I know sometimes some labels, the bigger an artist, the smaller the group gets that works with them, oddly enough. Um, but did anything change for you 
working with somebody from you know one label to the next label to or or even pre-label again not really because they kylie always has impeccable um uh, she makes impeccable choices and i think the team at deconstruction were great i think the team at parlophone were fantastic um and you know and the new team at bmg are fantastic and and including one person that was at, at both labels um so no it didn't really change i mean my, when it came to making the rec physically making the record i mean weirdly the the song that i was that i the one of the songs i produced from that album was was the most uh non-sounding light years song in the world which is a song called bittersweet goodbye which we wrote at real world Um, and that had nothing to do with what the rest of the record was, but they loved it and they supported it and, and, and she loved it. And it's, uh, it's a really special song, but, um, no, I, I, ultimately it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really change for me because my, my end of it is the creative end with her. So, and I always welcome opinions, especially from really, really smart people. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 it didn't change. Ultimately nothing would change because at the middle of it, at the, the center is always Kylie. So um, that's that's the, the, the one constant. See, and that's the part that, that I love is that you're giving autonomy to this artist while still collaborating. Many of you know on my socials, including on Twitter, at James Rodriguez, or Instagram, thought.original.doll, I share all sort of sorts of updated information about iTunes charts and everything, because I think it's important to talk about the longevity of these songs and the impact. Now, here's what's great. Light Years, the album, just in 2021, went number one in Oman on iTunes. That's right. This album from 2000, 21 years later, would still go to the top of the charts on iTunes in Oman. Now, the song Paper Dolls that you heard at the beginning of this would peak at number 36 on the pop iTunes charts in Brazil in October of 2020. Now, many people say, James, but is iTunes still relevant? Is iTunes still important? And I say, yes. First and foremost, as we talked about with advocacy for songwriters and producers, we know that when we as consumers purchase an album, the songwriters are going to be getting a larger chunk of that. And not chunk in percentage-wise or anything, but here's what's insane. One iTunes download, okay, in the United States right now, is the equivalent of 1,500 streams. That's right. So if a song sells one copy on iTunes, that is the equivalent of 1,500 people streaming that song. There's power in the purchasing aspect of it. We also know with songwriter advocacy is how little the music creators are getting paid from streaming. That's why we go back to the physical. Purchase the full digital album. That's a way to support all of those creatives, songwriters, producers, and more. The other thing is, it's important to note that not every country in the world has Apple Podcasts. Not every country in the world has Apple Music. Not every country in the world has iTunes. So I highlight iTunes because in some countries, Apple Music is not available for streaming. So this is the only way 
that they can get music through that Apple side of this. So I wanted to bring that up and follow me on Instagram because I'm going to be breaking down a bunch of Kylie Minogue, Britney Spears, Janet Jackson, Madonna information. But I wanted to throw those in there to show that even decades later, people are still using their hard-earned money to purchase these songs and purchase the albums. Now, on with the show. All right, next question is, this is from Carlos. He said, hey, I have a quick question. Can you please ask Steve Anderson about Grow for Britney Spears? Hmm. What was what was the motivation behind it? What album was that on? I feel like we need to have a whole Steve Anderson produced Britney album. How do we make that happen? So Grow was, oh gosh. So this is the thing, and this is, I wanted to do this because I, I love your podcast and I love your passion, but I also get asked so many times about specifically grow um and and grace i suppose state of grace as well and i would love for the world to hear grow it's it was written um lisa and i wrote it and then Brittany got involved in the writing as well and it's written about her kids it's uh, ready to grow um and it is beautiful and her vocal on it is extraordinary um i will defend britney spears to the hilt when people talk about her vocals she's got fantastic vocal lisa recorded the vocal with her um it's incredible it's beautiful it's kind of like i suppose it's the natural progression from sometimes it would be the next version of that and again it wasn't written i suppose it would have been written around the time of blackout but we didn't know that blackout was going to be blackout and there was just this idea of, uh, yeah, of, of wanting to write a song that that could be, it was dedicated to her kids. And it's incredible. It's a, it's a mother singing to her kids and it's a lullaby. It's beautiful. Um, and I would love for the world to hear it, but I don't own it. I never want to get into any trouble with anybody, um, specifically Sony. And it was wrong for Black. When you listen to Blackout, no, God, it would not have fitted on there. But... I hope one day on some special box edition, something, something that, um, that Sony put it out because it's finished, it's produced, it's done, it's mixed, Britney's on it. Well, and that, that's one of those things where a lot of the producers and songwriters are like, you know, you know, listeners of the podcast, don't try making fake emails saying, I'm the new manager of Britney Spears. Please send me this song. It's like, no, that's not the way you go about getting that music anymore. And I think what's been interesting is with like grow is when Britney decides to write a song and make it a part of her family, make it a part of that side of her, there's a distinct side of Britney that is, that is wanting to, you know, express that through her creativity. You know, it was, you know, mm. you can say Britney did fun, sexy, everything. And then there's now this mom part of Britney, you know, and mm. she's, she's released a couple uh, other songs she had like someday I'll understand mm. and mm. to me it's always when you get deeper insight to these artists so I think that a lot of people are just like what, what about what is it about this Britney thing this Britney song so so to the listeners you will get to hear it when they decide to officially release it and it's, don't try to <laughs> don't try I, to make I can't emails. I, yeah no I just can't do it no listen we've had like there's been mad things I've had people pretending to be her manager I've had people you know oh we're looking for this we don't have a copy of it or she's looking for it and you know people that 
you know, like people that have tried to scam me on being their manager and a uh, manager and I kind of know her manager and I know her email, the email from her manager. And it's like, but this is not it. So I get people. I mean, I'm a fan of, of artists as well. So I get everyone wants to hear it and I really would love everyone to hear it, but it's just not in my, I know some producers do leak stuff. I've, I've never felt comfortable with doing that because it isn't my place. Um, but I really hope people get to hear it one day. There you go. So now you know the most about Grow that we're going to find out. So and, I hope and, that, and, and that satisfies. It's worse because now it's even a bigger tease because I've told you what it is and what it's about. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully sometime it will it'll come well, out. And again, honestly, her vocal on it, it will just, it's, it's beautiful. Oh, I love this. See, and that's the other thing too, is that many people are like, I'm going to ask him myself. And I said, many of the guests are like, I said everything I needed to say on the podcast. Here, here's the link to the podcast. Go ahead, take a yeah, listen. That's it. I want to thank Steve Anderson again for being part of the original Dial with James Rodriguez and have no fear. We do have more coming up with him. Now, for those listeners who, if this is your first ever interview that you've heard with Steve Anderson on the original Dial, go back through. There are a ton of great episodes and we have more coming up soon. And don't forget, if you're a Kylie Minogue fan, we have Johnny Douglas's episodes coming up where we talk about his work with Light Years. But I wanted to point out something that, that I hope many of you all have uh, received as well is... In both of these cases, with Kylie Minogue and Britney Spears, both artists were working on songs and there was no set, this is the album at that point. This is what I love about this. You learn these songs, the evolution. When we learn about the order of the songs, it's really great to see how the album ends up shaping up. So in both of these, this to me is one of those aha moments. You know, we learn about, and we've always known, if you've been a fan of Britney Spears, we've always known She's had a love of children in general, and then her own children. So to hear that there's this beautiful song, this kind of lullaby uh, about her kids, that to me is just, it's its amazing. And Steve Anderson, who once again worked with Britney Spears and so many greats, what I love is he, along with so many other guests of the show, have talked about Britney Spears' vocal delivery, that she knows what she's doing. Britney knows how to use her voice in a way to make the song work which is amazing. And that's kind of what I've loved talking about even with Steve Lunt, where, you know, he was there for the developing, the signing, and ring her first several albums, is we learned that Britney Spears has the ear. She knows what to do with her voice to make a song work. So I know many people are like, but she seems like she's forced to do it, this and that. Britney Spears has an ear for the music. She knows what is going to sell. She knows what she can do. And that is a skill set just like so many other artists. When do I add that growl in there? When do I hit this note? When do I go breathy? That is Britney Spears. And I don't want people to keep taking away that everything she did, just so it just happened upon her, that there was no work on her end. So when we talk about vocal delivery, Britney Spears knows how to deliver a song. By people saying, no, the label made her do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G vocally. She didn't want to do it. You're taking away that autonomy, that ownership that she had, where she was able to create these songs and tune in. Almost every person who's worked with her in the studios that I've talked to and more coming up has said, Britney Spears would hear a song and go, I know what to do. I know how to make this my own song. That is Britney Spears. So when you hear these things saying, oh, her vocals aren't there, and that's happened a lot. I, 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 you know, I used to get messages all the time. Oh, Kylie Minogue is not a great singer. Britney Spears is not a great singer. Janet's not a great singer. Madonna. 
it's almost always about women. So many times people are like, no, see, she's not, she's successful, but I don't understand it because she doesn't have a great voice. She can't move. She can't dance. She's not this and that. It's nothing upsets so many people more than the success of women. And that's what I have come to realize. So as I choose to honor all of these greats from the artists themselves, songwriters and producers, I'm not going to get into the, you know, to the to the pig pen with anyone because it's just not worth it. People have their own thoughts, their own narratives, whether they're real or not. But I choose to honor and give flowers and spotlight. In a world that is so crazy, I keep choosing to honor the music, the art, the artist, shining a light and giving the flowers to so many people who have impacted all of our lives in so many great ways. And that's why I've enjoyed sharing your messages, your letters of love to all of these great artists. So I'm going to stop talking, but don't forget, add me on Patreon. It's a, the best way to support me. There's also merchandise that you can get, including official Britney Spears merchandise that we have. So go ahead, find it at www.theoriginaldoll.com. And like I said, have no fear, we have more with Johnny Douglas, Steve Anderson, and several other Kylie and Britney Spears collaborators. Don't forget to like and subscribe, rate it, and all of that goodness. My name is James Rodriguez. Be prepared for a new episode out in less than 48 hours. See you on the flip side.